Ladies and gentlemen, drivers, gig workers, and everyone in between, welcome to This Week in Rideshare Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Hoffa. It is Friday, December 22nd, and this week, women make less, tips get buried, and Amazon uses a blob. Legal Rideshare breaks it down. And from Legal Rideshare, I'm joined by the co-founder, and lead attorney Brian Greening. Bryant, happy Friday. Happy Friday, Jared, and happy holidays. Yes, happy holidays to you as well. Yeah, winding up into the holiday week- weekend. Well, really, I guess Monday is also Christmas. So, yeah, extended weekend, right? Yeah, everybody, I hope everybody enjoys their time. This is a good time to be with family, hopefully not working uh, too hard. But I know those who are are, are hopefully going to have a busy, um, efficient, uh, high-earning uh, driving weekend. Right. It's sort of a bittersweet, I know, for gig workers. It is time where they can make more money, but obviously they're working, so not with family. It's it's a double-edged sword. It sort of depends. But yeah, I agree. I hope everyone has a good holiday and, and you know, make some money if they're not at home. Um, so we're going to do what we did last week, Brian. I, I really like the idea of just kind of having a few main topics, discussing it, um, getting feedback from, from any listeners if they have, have any and want to email us, and then kind of just moving on. I think that's a, I don't know, I like that. I like the way we're going with this. I like the format. Let's go. Cool. All right. We're going to start off with the first topic, women make less. Uh, now, this is from Business Insider. A new study has revealed that women make less than men in the gig economy. Uh, and the Business Insider reported, quote, about 23% of Lyft drivers and 20% of Uber drivers are women, according to the most recent company data. Uh, in 2021, the, that number of women, uh, women Uber drivers nearly doubled and surpassed pre-pandemic levels. However... A study in 2020 uh, by Stanford researchers found that women who work as ride-hailing drivers earned roughly 7% less per hour on average than male drivers. Um, They said that some of the reasons are, number one, men have more experience using the platform. They tended to drive faster, and they were more likely to drive in areas with greater safety risks. So I think that's a good point to turn it over to you, Bryant, about uh, this study. Yeah, I found that to be really interesting. It, there, the gender gap in this, like you know, the algorithm, I, I believe, is going to work the same if everybody works the same hours and drives the same way and is willing to accept the same rides. Men and women are going to make the same money. But what it was really interesting about the data is that those people who are willing to risk their safety ended up making more, um, and it just so happened that in the, in this situation, the men were willing to take more risks. It shouldn't come to that. It shouldn't be a a decision as to, am I going to drive a little bit more recklessly? Am I willing to put my well-being at risk and drive in in an area where um, I know something could go wrong, where carjackings are up, where assaults may be more likely? Um, I I just hate that there is this decision that rideshare drivers and gig workers need to make do I put my safety at risk to earn a few extra dollars or do I play it safe and know that I'm not going to take home as much money? Yeah, this is really the first time that I've seen a study like this. You know, we've seen these studies almost in every industry where women typically can make less than men for a multitude of reasons. Um, But seeing it so clearly that one of the main reasons is they just simply aren't willing to risk their lives. That's, that's tough to swallow. And, and, um, 
and it's and it obviously goes with what women have been saying all along and why we're seeing uh, new platforms specifically for women drivers and women passengers. It isn't safe. You know, it isn't safe and they know it's not safe. And and in return, you know, they get penalized for it. Right. And we've seen the studies in terms of safety. Both Uber and Lyft have put out their safety reports and uh, each of them, I believe, has now put out two where we see that there are incidents of sexual assault. There's incidents of carjacking. Um, and when, it, when we're talking about sexual violence, women are more likely to, to be victims, unfortunately. So they have to have that in the back of their minds. In each ride that they accept um, in each uh, area of town that that they may go in, so it, it just it minimizes or shrinks the, um, the the geography that that they can work if if they're being conscious of those risks. Um, so this I just think is an example of why we need more concrete standards in terms of pay, um, minimum wages. Uh, safety features like this just highlights everything that we've been talking about for years about making sure that people can make a living wage without putting their well-being in harm's way 100 percent, which is a great uh, transition into topic number two Uh, uber makes tipping harder Uh, uber has decided to basically bury tipping options inside new york city and this is from bloom uh, bloomberg they reported the you know the base rate for delivery workers uh, is now seventeen ninety six an hour, which went into effect December fourth, has resulted in higher overall earnings in the first week, which is great. So according to receipts from drivers sent in to Bloomberg, however, um, Uber, DoorDash, and Grubhub have made changes to their apps that workers say will reduce their hours and could limit earning potential in the long run. So one of the most controversial changes it concerns tipping. So as a result of the new law, Uber and DoorDash said they'll have to pass increased costs onto the customers in the form of added fees. And they also say so as not to overwhelm customers, both companies moved the prompt for tipping on the app to appear after customers have already placed their orders, which could mean fewer tips for drivers. You know, DoorDash said the move is necessary, quote, to ensure our platform remains affordable for all New Yorkers. This reminds me of exactly what you have said so many times in the past, Bryant, these companies dump these costs onto the customer. Yeah, and at the expense of the driver. So, you know, here we we thought that we had this win where drivers were going to make a you know a decent living. And granted, we're you know always happy to see these laws go into effect where workers are guaranteed um, at least to make a, a living wage, um, but. They, I don't understand how how the minimum wage that they've been promised uh, at, really at all affects whether a customer wants to tip. Um, a customer should be given the option to tip or not tip. Um, it, you know, they know what they're going to pay for a ride, and if they want to add on a few bucks at the end to go into the, the driver's pocket, that's great. I I don't see how um, burying the option to tip uh, really um, benefits the the. Customer, I don't see how it does anything but hurt the driver, and I'm not really sure how it affects the company in any way. I think it's just kind of a stab in the the back of the driver because the the, the rideshare companies are hoping to push as many um, drivers off the platform as they can to try to avoid paying these higher wages that they've been um, ordered to pay by by the legislature. Yeah, I mean the only thing that I see where it makes sense is the stock price. 
Now, my, it feels like to me this is as you had, had just said it. It it's not necessarily affecting the company, but it, when it comes to those those numbers at the end of the year, they can you know it, maybe they fear that okay, well, God, it's tipping and and these wages are higher, so people are going to use the app less, which means our projections will be lower, which means the stock price goes down. I mean, that's really the only way I can see it. It's almost like a preemptive panic. And, well, we're not going to, we can't pay that. You know, we need to make sure that we look as as profitable as humanly possible, even though I think none of them have made any profits technically. Um, So, yeah, I just, I don't see, I mean, maybe, I guess this is going to be their strategy moving forward into all these other states if these sort of minimum wages go through. I mean, I will say at least the positive is, uh, you know, immediately this goes, this went into effect December 4th and it already, so it's been three weeks, less than three weeks, has already resulted in higher earnings, like instantly within the first week. Well, you can see what a a higher minimum wage can do for the driver. Like there is some positive here in, in the big picture that higher minimum wages means more money in drivers' pockets, and then they're they're less reliant on the customer to tip. It, the way that the structure works in many of our in many states is Uber and Lyft pay the driver a very small amount of money, and the customer is left to make up the difference. And the campaigns always are tip your driver, you know, you know, help the driver make a living wage. And we've always said we want the companies to bear that responsibility, not the customer. Okay, great. I'm glad that that um, in this situation, the company is bearing more of the expense. But I also just don't understand why it matters if you give the customer the option to tip. Maybe the customer doesn't feel obligated anymore, which they shouldn't be. You know, this is they can tip or not tip. That's up to them. But if they want to throw in a few extra dollars, they shouldn't struggle to find uh, the right. the area to do so. It, it should be right there. Do you want to tip the driver? Yes or no. If you click yes, great. If you click no, okay. Um, but it, it just shouldn't be buried where they can't do it. Yeah, that, that is the, the right. I mean, you nailed it. It's like, what is the point of that? You can just say, you know, you can, as a consumer say, well, man, I'm paying. I'm Consumers are smart enough to know, man, I've been paying more for these rides lately. You know, okay, well, maybe I'll tip this time. Maybe I won't. Versus I didn't even know that tipping was an option because now they moved it and I'm not paying attention because I'm done. I purchased. I said, okay. Right. Um, just, just nuts. I mean, I don't, I don't know how drivers feel in New York City. If you guys, anyone from New York City listening, love to hear thoughts, love to hear what's happening out there. I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's some interesting conversations happening. I'm sure they're happy to be making more from the company because at least that's guaranteed. They don't sure. have to guess whether the customer is going to tip. So, you know, there is that. Right. True. All right, and our final topic for today, if you're broke, talk to the blob. That's what Amazon says. Uh, Amazon workers facing financial hardships were given some advice. Talk to our mascot blob. This is from Business Insider. They reported, quote, an Amazon warehouse uh, told workers they could write to the company's orange blob of a mascot if they're facing financial hardships around the holidays, according to a new report. And at least one employee at the warehouse is calling the initiative tone deaf. Uh, and literally, this was the post. Are you or someone you know facing financial hardships this holiday season? The flyer read, according to uh, the Guardian. I guess Pecky, Pecky's or Pessy wants to help. Write a letter to her. If if Pecky's team selects you, some of your holiday wishes could come true. Um, along with 
So this is a Keith uh, Williams, a worker at one of the Amazon warehouses, spoke to The Guardian and criticized the initiative. To him, Amazon could be spending more money on, quote, giving us safety and security of a living wage and less on company initiatives like this. Uh, couldn't agree more. I mean, I think they nailed it. This is quite tone deaf of a response here. It, it really is. I mean, it's it's kind of silly that you're writing to an orange blob. I, um, but I, I think it the big picture is that it's sad that they recognize that many of their workers are facing financial hardship, that there are people who are putting in a ton of hours and a ton of work to make their operations run smoothly and are still going home without enough money to put food on the table or perhaps uh, gifts under the tree. Um, so th- when we look at, at a company making this sort of effort, like, okay, I'm glad that they're, you know, that they're perhaps helping a couple people that I'm not going to say that's a, a bad thing, but I will say that maybe they should be doing more to make sure that this sort of initiative isn't necessary in the first place. I, you know, I worked for a, a, a plenty of advertising and marketing firms in Chicago, both big and small. And this just, and I could be wrong and I'm, this is just opinion. Um, this is sort of feels like uh, an entry-level marketing or intern who thought it might be a cool initiative, or even even higher up, mid, mid-level, saying, hey, this is like a nice thing to do, but still truly being tone-deaf to who you're sending it to. Just like you said, you know, you're saying, hey, are you still struggling financially after working 100 hours this week for us? Um, that, I think that's just, oof, man, that is just not a... That's not a smart move. Um, and like you said, I think it's kind of sad because it does also basically tell the worker, yeah, we know, we're aware that um, even though you're employed, it, you, you might as well not be. Right. The, the, we've seen the the hardships that Amazon workers go through in, in our initiative Amazon accident. So, you know, we've seen the studies that injuries are way up. Exhaustion is way up unpaid leave is way up because people are physically unable to do the job after the hours and demands that that are placed on them. So this is not new information. This is something that Amazon knows well. This is something that the the media has reported on. Um, and I just I wish the company would do more to ensure the safety and well-being of its workers rather than you know cute marketing campaigns. Um, you know, you, you want to create a raffle where everybody has a chance to win, uh, you know, a hundred dollars or something. That's fine. Like, have a have a raffle, but to have a initiative where it's, hey, are you feeling like you don't have enough money to survive? Write a letter to our blob. Like that's <laughs> yeah. ridiculous, and yeah. it's patronizing, and you know, it's it's just bad business. I do want to I do want to highlight something you just mentioned. I think this is important, and it was also covered in the uh, in the article. And they say this, you know, along with the pay and hours, uh, an April study from the Strategic Organizing Center found that in 2022. The rate of worker injuries at Amazon was 70% higher than those at similar warehouses, and the rate of serious injury was double that of other warehouses. These aren't small numbers. You know, in, in addition to just the pay, it's a dangerous work environment. And it's because Amazon is forcing people to work so quickly to keep up with the demands to, of, you know, this box needs to move. This box needs to make it into this truck. That item needs to be grabbed from all the way across the warehouse now, 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 now. Yeah. And that's how people are getting hurt. They're suffering repetitive injuries 
whether it's from bending or lifting, they're suffering traumatic injuries from slips and falls. You know, this this is just one of those jobs where it's really taking a physical, emotional, and monetary toll on its workers. Um, and and uh, you know, something needs to change. And it's certainly not writing a letter to a mascot. Yeah, could not agree more. But uh, on a lighter note, you know, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up here for the holiday season and the holiday weekend, really. Um, and Brian, I'll give you the floor before we do that. Yeah, before we jump into this holiday weekend, we always do like to remind everybody that we are available even over the holiday weekend. If you find yourself in an accident or injured on the job, um, you can reach out to our lawyers for a free consultation. We want to help you get everything you're entitled to from the cost of medical treatment, pain and suffering, lost wages, uh, you name it. So don't hesitate to reach out, uh, legalrideshare.com, amazonaccident.com. Um, we are always available to help. Awesome. Thank you, Bryant. And as always, as I like to say, that is the end of this week in Rideshare. See you next week.